I've always been a firm believer, right? And this kind of comes from my managerial days when I used to ask interview questions of like, explain this to me as if I were five, right? And I think a lot of times we make things so complex. I don't know if it's whether we want to, you know, make ourselves seem super important, like, oh, I'm the expert because I know how to break all this down. But there were so many folks who just didn't, I mean, I was included, right? I didn't really understand what is this? What are we even talking about? And so I, I realized through that, that I didn't even know right at the basics at the, at the foundational level and so after studying this i was like okay how do we make this as simple as possible so people can go oh yeah that's like driving a car i'm george comedy and this is first watch today's guest is amber de vilbis senior security advisor at guidepoint security she is also a children's book author and illustrator her book the little cyber engineer is something special a work that manages to capture how servers work illustrates network packets, and deconstructs what it means to be a hacker. And Amber accomplishes all this in rhyme with captivating illustrations to boot. She's no stranger to breaking down complex topics, with videos on Instagram and TikTok breaking down the OSI model in three minutes, no less, for example. I wanted to learn more about her journey, her creative pursuits, and to talk about the TikTok-sized elephant in the room. So let's get into it. Amber DeVilbus, welcome to First Watch. Hi, thank you. It's good to be here. Why don't we start things off with uh, a reading from The Little Cyber Engineer? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so here's a portion of the book. The internet gives access to so many things. We can search for an answer. We can share all our dreams. We can talk to the people we care about most. It is here we can play. We can laugh. We can grow because here there aren't limits to what we can know. But in a world this connected, things can go wrong. Bad things can go where all the good things belong. And that is what cybersecurity is for, keeping everything safe like the lock on a door. Some people say hacker as a way to describe someone who breaks into things we all hide, like passwords or money or secret locations. They'll do anything to steal your information. But that's simply not true. Not all hackers are evil. Some fight the good fight and protect lots of people. Hackers are what we call people who use their skills with computers to do what they choose. They use language called code, which computers understand, to give it instructions. We call those commands. And hackers have all different colors of hats. There are red ones and white ones and gray ones and black, even blue, green, and purple to add to the stack. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, so listeners, that's just to give you a taste. I mean, I will say, um, I don't know what my expectations were, but I certainly didn't expect you to one rhyme things like commands. And I certainly did not expect to see such clear illustrations of things like network packets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I figured making it nice and colorful and fun and just something you wouldn't expect. I think that's definitely what all of us are drawn to, especially kids. So absolutely. Um, yeah, I for this interview, I was trying to find the book and it was hidden in my children's rooms. They had yeah. absconded <laughs> with it before I could get to it. Um, so I want to start at, at the book and just ask the obvious, which is what compelled you to, to write the little cyber engineer? Yeah. Um, you know, definitely my son first and foremost. So, um, you know, I have a son who's 10 and 
I mean, he's a little engineer already. Um, but I've also, you know, when creating this book, I, I kind of thought, how do I really get in sync with him? Right. And he's mm-hmm. very artistic. He's very drawn to colors and vibrant things. And if you try to teach him something that, you know, is as seemingly boring as cybersecurity, it's not really going to get his attention for very long. So, um, you know, just knowing that he's growing up in a world that's just extremely digital and, and becoming more digitized every day. Um, you know, as a parent, I think all of us just want to really prepare our children for the worst, right? Like hope for the best, but mm-hmm. definitely prepare for the worst. And so I think I created this book to almost normalize what it is I do every day, but normalize, um, you know, the world that we live in and what the world that we live in will look like 10 years from now. Right. So that Absolutely. everyone's prepared and yeah, it's a good way to go about that. Yeah. And were you an artist before, or had you just come to this? I mean, cause it, again, it's an incredible unpacking of some very complex topics, yeah. uh, that people have spent textbooks on. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I am, I've, I've actually never been athletic. I used to be embarrassed to say that now, I could care less. Um, always been artistic. So, um, it's kind of just a way for me to express things. Like I, mm-hmm. I think for a long time, I, I took all, like I went through all the hard stuff. So nobody else had to right? or hopefully they don't have to for very much longer. Um, and I tend to take everything I've learned kind of, you know, ingest that I'm like an ingestion engine and I'll just spit out a simplified version of it. Right. And I figured with art, it's another form of expression that, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just feel like it was easier to get it out that way than any others, just because it's my natural skill set that I go to. Great. Um, so as a storyteller, I think maybe the the obvious place to go next is to ask if you could share what started the story of your own career in cyber. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ever since I was little, I've always wanted to help people. And when you're little, you know, based on what you learn in school and what people talk about, I always thought I was going to be a doctor, right? Because that mm. was the only way I could help people. So um, I actually started, I enrolled in a university to, you know, take the whole pre-med path and I wanted mm-hmm. to be a neurosurgeon. It was this whole thing. And then I had a son. And so all that went out the window and I realized, okay, I can't be this, you know, whatever college student, you know, waitressing and doing all this stuff. I have to you know, kind of prepare for being a mom. And my parents have actually both been in IT for the last 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, don't quote me on that. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they've, you know, they've been in IT forever. They've always tried to get me into IT. And at the time I was like, you know what, at this point, sure, why not? So I took um, an entry level role to do website designs, so not necessarily mm-hmm. I, like IT quite yet. Um, but met some folks as we always do in jobs, uh, became friends with them and they kind of went a different path. Um, I actually got my first, I guess I would call it like a big break <laughs> in my career. Um, and I worked at, I got hired at Trustwave. Okay. So, um, yeah, cybersecurity company out of Chicago. And so I took on a role of a compliance analyst and just kind of, you know, again, they had a, a network operations center or a knock. Mm-hmm. So I had friends there and I was like, what do you guys do all day? My stuff is so boring. And, you know, they talked about security threats and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like way more interesting. I want to look into this. And so, um, you know, as things carried on, I kind of started looking for roles that were more along that, that line. And uh, it, it's led me to great places. So I've had the opportunity to really <laughs> almost try every single practitioner role you can imagine. <laughs> Everything from an analyst to a network admin, uh, to an architect engineer. So wow. even a sock manager. So, <laughs> you know, definitely taking, uh, those, 
those entry level roles is really what got it for me because I didn't have a degree. I, you know, dropped mm. out of college. So it was a good path though. Well, well, and it also sounds like you had the willingness to say yes to multiple different roles, yeah. you know, whatever was, was coming your way. So I think that's a, an important takeaway, especially for anyone who's listening, who's trying to, to break in is yeah. so you can't wait for perfect. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I actually have a TikTok where I kind of joke about that, right? Because it's like, wait, I have to take an entry level role. I can't just come out the gates, not knowing anything yeah, right. at a hundred thousand a year. So yeah, it's definitely uh it's definitely a work ethic thing. <laughs> um, so great. You brought up TikTok because we're going to go down this path two ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to understand, you know, you have mm -hmm. this creative outlet and you have a book, which I think is, uh, maybe a more traditional outlet, but you also sure. do, uh, TikToks and they also get, you know, shared back over to Instagram where you break down yeah. a lot of different things. Sometimes, uh, it's the funny side of the industry. I particularly yeah. <laughs> was a fan of the video between um, the solutions engineer, the salesperson and legal and risk. But then also in three minutes, you broke down the entire OSI model uh, very yeah. quickly. So I guess the question is, how did that come about? How did you take to that? Were people asking these questions or you know, how did you take to social to, to break those down? Yeah, no, I actually, so I, I think like everybody does, right. I don't think anybody sets out to download TikTok on their own. I think I was just <laughs> right. at a point where I was just really bored. I'm like, let's try this thing. And, um, it actually, the algorithm learns like your interest pretty quickly based on what you've liked and what you search for. And so I actually came across, um, I forgot his name. I feel bad about that now, but he was doing some type of, it was kind of like how to keep your, you know, your information safe, um, mm -hmm. online. And then he would do stuff on routers and, it was just very, it was like a 10 second clip. And I was like, this is genius. Like I, you know, I spent the last 10 years watching every long YouTube video ever and trying to just make sense out of all of it. Getting, you, know, you can see all the books back there, mostly all security books I've had since I started. Um, and so, you know, I think at the time I, it kind of hit me. Right. And I searched for cybersecurity and mm -hmm. not what I came here to do. Right. But I was like, huh, I wonder. And there were, I think maybe two users at the time that were even talking about this. And I went and I was like, this is like, this is it. This is the future of how we get people to learn about this. And so I kind of, um, you know, took my own little personality. I think I might've been the, you know, hopefully, hopefully I didn't copy anybody else unknowingly, but um, sort of taking like these funny little images to kind of catch people's attention while they're watching the video to follow along. And mm -hmm. just kind of, they're almost like their own little analogy in a sense. Um, each of those little, like, you know, moving, I guess, gifs or whatever. Um, and so I just kind of started going with it and I broke down the OSI model. We can actually thank Chris Roberts, big shout out to Chris, if you're watching. Um, right. Because he did something about the OSI model a couple of years back. And I just, it like, I gravitated towards it because I had been getting everybody to like, tell me their mm -hmm. version of what the OSI model is. And it was just so just like, it's just complex and it just was not something I could digest. And so Chris broke it down as he always does in like the most plain, simple, sometimes funny way. And I was like, oh, I should, you know what? I'm going to take this, what I've learned based on this, and I'm going to turn it into a TikTok. And so that actually, um, you know, between those videos and the cybersecurity, like how to get into cyber mm -hmm. uh, videos, those, those actually caught on. And so now it's just like something that I do as a, it's not really, the one thing I do pride myself in is that they're never 
I think there's one out there that's branded. The rest of them are just general, right? So there's no, mm-hmm. it's non-branded. So anybody from anywhere can learn the basics, just the absolute basics. And so I think that's something that's kind of caught on with my brand. So. Yeah. And I, I think the same uh, strength that's in the book is the power of an analogy, right? So like in the OSI model at one of the layers, the application layer you're talking about, like the brakes of a car and mm-hmm. yes, the little GIFs help like illustrate that point. But I, I mean, there's a lot there in terms of being able yeah. to take those topics and quickly relate it to something that somebody who basically has no idea of what you're talking about, like, oh, right. Okay. Like she said, application layer, you lost me, but then you said like the brakes of a car. Okay. I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I've always been a firm believer, right. And this kind of comes from my managerial days when I used to ask interview questions of like, explain this to me as if I were five. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we make things so complex. I don't know if it's whether we want to, you know, make ourselves seem super important. Like, Oh, I'm the expert because I know how to break all this down. But there were so many folks who just didn't, I mean, I was included, right. I didn't really understand what is this? What are we even talking mm-hmm. about? And so I, I realized through that, that I didn't even know, right. At the basics, at the, at the foundational level. And so after studying this, I was like, okay, how do we make this as simple as possible? So people can go, oh yeah, that's like driving a car. Perfect. It's this part is this part. And then over time, when you are learning it in depth, you're like, oh, that makes sense. I think when we can like relate things to our real day, you know, everyday lives, um, it's, it's definitely easier to comprehend and then also store that memory. Because yeah. I think a lot of times we do crash cram learning and it goes nowhere. <laughs> For sure. I want to ask about the TikTok sized elephant in the room, um, yeah. which is obviously in the InfoSec community, a lot has been talked about the security and data sharing implications in TikTok. Um, I guess I want to give you space to address that as both straddling the world of the cybersecurity professional <laughs> and the TikToker. Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple of things I've actually had a, you know, quite a few people have reached out to me since all that happened. And, um, you know, I've been following this story pretty closely. Um, so, you know, I feel like with all social media, I mean, TikTok, Facebook, Mm -hmm. Instagram, all of this is essentially, you know, up to the user as far as what's being shared. So there's always kind of that, I wouldn't say that TikTok is more dangerous, um, you know, than any other platform, but, Again, it's kind of all up to the users. So, for example, you know, folks were like, oh, I bet you've been breached. I bet all your information's out there. Right. And my, my quick response was, good thing I don't give them my real information. Right. So when you're mm-hmm. creating an account, you can use, you know, a fictitious email that maybe you only use for certain things that you're not super sure you want, you know, having people ask or people getting access to. And so I think. Um, you know, with that. And then there's, there's also security controls that, you know, a lot of folks in security, it's been a, it's been hit or miss, right? Because you're right. There's a lot of people here that are like, oh, TikTok is this and this and this, and you shouldn't even be talking about cybersecurity from a platform like that. And, um, but there's stuff that, you know, they do that I don't think is a very widely known um, practice or process. Um, and so like two FA is definitely a thing that's on there, right? Um, again, it's, it's like most social media platforms. It's really up to the access that you allow Um, and, and of course, you know, with things like I have an iPhone, right? So Mm -hmm. for example, I can choose, um, which type of data I'm sharing with certain applications, right. Just by default. And so there's definitely ways to get around it and be more secure. Um, but I think it's all, you know, risk appetite at the end of the day, I do what I do with the intention of being able to get out to the masses, right? Like I actually want that kind of 
broadcast, whatever, like, Hey, look at this. Like, you know, there's always going to be bad people, no matter which platform I'm on. Um, and so it's kind of about, you know, managing risk and doing what you can to keep yourself safe online. Um, but again, for me, it was more like, I understood what I was getting myself into. Um, and it's actually worked out pretty well so far. And again, you know, with the TikTok stuff, you know, they've been doing investigations for the last few weeks and the data that they found was publicly available anyway. So mm-hmm. hit or miss, right? We still don't have all the answers yet. Usually it takes a while after a breach to, to get those results, but it, there's just a lot going on there. And I think um, at the end of the day for me, and this is not everybody's cup of tea, but for me, I was okay with the amount of risk based on, you know, my intentions and my motives for using it. So. Well, and I, I mean, risk management is what it's all about, right? Because right. the, you know, the <laughs> yeah. infosec team might have their objections, but probably the marketing team is going to want the brand on TikTok in order to yeah. reach, you know, a certain audience <laughs> right. segment. Right. Um, so that said, um, we've we've sort of talked about your your stories as looking to the past. We've talked about the book here in the present. Um, just curious. Social media, you got the book. Uh, let's look to the future. What What is most exciting for you about, you know, any of the present avenues you're on? You know, I think, so I definitely have some stuff in the works as far as, you know, and I kind of, I announced that a little bit ahead of time on LinkedIn, right? I was like, hey, mm-hmm. I got this book and I have a, you know, a baby book too. And so that's been fun. I'm actually still working to finalize that. It's going to be a board book. Um, but I've also got some other cool things that I'm doing on the side. Um, you know, I have my, my organization teach kids tech. And so we're doing Mm -hmm. a lot, um, a lot of partnerships right now, actually a lot of partnership building with various tech companies and, you know, boot camps and things like that to bring education to everybody. Um, but there are other cool things that I'm in the works on right now that I can't really give out a ton of information on, but it is not going to be a book format. So it'll be much cooler. I think, I think it's going to catch on pretty well. So I'm excited cool. for that. That'll be probably sometime next summer if we're lucky. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I also appreciate um, the continued evangelizing, I guess, of cybersecurity. Yeah. <laughs> because, I, I mean, I think you're reaching people that the typical InfoSec community is – is not going to reach, right? Like how many of us are talking about uh, OSI or TNCs of your favorite um, apps. And so uh, I wish you well on that mission. I think it's an important one, especially as you say, we have a certain risk appetite because we came up at a certain time, but we have to prepare a generation that doesn't have that before the internet choice. They are digital (laughs) natives, like it or not. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I hope it continues to grow that I think, um, you know, seeing that it's becoming more normalized and kind of mainstream is probably the most exciting thing for me. And I know there's a lot of security folks out there that that's not really catching on with so far, mm-hmm. but I think they'll come around. I think as things get better, who knows, there's probably going to be another platform that comes out altogether. Like we'll probably have our own version of TikTok in a few years from now, right? That's governed by us. And so maybe that'll make things a little bit easier, but it's definitely the way we're heading. So been awesome. All right. Well, thank you again for the time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome talking to you. That's it for First Watch today. Many thanks to my guest, Amber DeVilbis. To hear more interviews with leaders and more spotlight episodes, subscribe to First Watch wherever you get your podcasts. 
First Watch is a production of Safeguard Cyber with original music by Mattia Safaletti and production help from Jamil Mafi. Until next time, stay safe, stay strong.